When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily. Available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Third and goal. Cousins has time. Fires. It's caught for the touchdown. B.C. Johnson on the receiving end, his second of the year. Quick snap. Cousins has time and a lot of it. Fires. And it's caught by Treadwell inside the 40 and the 35. Again, it's a four-man rush. Cousins guns it and it is caught. What a throw and catch by Irv Smith Jr., the rookie tight end. Okay, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Judd Zulged. I still smell like meat from Kansas City. How great is um, that stadium, by the way? It is. Is it not It's fun? not the easiest to get inside of sure. or get close to. Sure. And let me just say this real quick before we get into overreactions or not overreactions here to the loss yesterday by the Vikings. Is Arrowhead is outside of the city, and you have to drive. Like, there's no... You could take a train or you could take buses or anything else. Like you have yep. to drive and park in these massive parking mm-hmm. lots. And what ends up happening is there's one road to the stadium and everyone gets packed and is pushed way back. Yep. And it took, we're 15 minutes away from our hotel to Arrowhead Stadium and it took an hour. I, I went mean, through the same thing like the year that right. I went. Yes, okay. sir. So we end up having our... Lyft or Uber driver, whatever it was, pull up near the parking lot and we jump out in traffic (laughs) and run and go, you know, that sort of thing. And then we get close to the stadium and we ask a stadium employee, which direction is the media gate? Is it left or is it right? Circular stadium. This should be very easy. And the polite person says, oh, just go to the right there. It'll be on your left. Which is where the stadium is. Like, of course it's going to be. But no, it wasn't. It was actually... left and we walked the entire circumference of the stadium so i saw every part of arrowhead stadium and uh, i'm not complaining because it was a nice day and and it was really cool to see the crowds there were tons of vikings fans there i mean tons. and you know what good for them yeah 
Vikings fans travel really, really well now. Definitely, definitely. And and it made for a, a great atmosphere mm-hmm. for the Vikings. I, it was weird to see that there were third downs where it was really loud, and Vikings fans were making a lot of noise, and they were doing scold chants and everything else. And everywhere I went, every barbecue place, and uh, we did frequent, yeah. um, there were just tons of Vikings fans everywhere. So it made for a really cool trip. It was worth it. It was great. But... Of course, the Vikings did not come home with a win. And uh, he, I made a list. I just made a list of overreactions. How about we do this? Since I had Sage break them down slowly one by one, I want to just give them to you. And you tell me overreaction or no. And then you tell me which one is most interesting to you. Okay. okay. Is it an overreaction or not to say that we should just expect Kirk Cousins in big games to be bad Kirk? It is odd. Uh, not. Okay. Uh, is it an overreaction to say the Vikings defense is just not that great? Yes. Okay. Because, yes. Is it an overreaction to say the last four weeks before this of good offensive line play, we're uh, fool's gold? Um, no, it's not. And I'll tell you why. Keep going. All right. Is it an overreaction to say that the medical staff made a mistake by putting out Thielen and they've kind of done this before and it should be a little concerning? Uh, no, because it was a bad decision. All right. Um, is it an overreaction to say the Chiefs may have figured out something about the Vikings offense that now other teams can copy? Uh, hell no, because Spags is a very good DC. All right. It's not. Okay. Which one of those sticks out to you the most? Okay. Let me, uh, let me give you one quick thing and then give you the one that sticks out to me the most. The offensive line one to me is very intriguing. Because it's actually the run blocking that struggled, and that hasn't been the problem. Correct. So I'm confused by that. But the one uh, that, that you gave me, overreaction or not, that I think is worth focusing on is the defensive one. Because this is, I'll start out by saying this. This is as, if if you can consider me to be concerned, this is as concerned as, as I've been in a long time, perhaps ever since this team turned a corner under Mike Zimmer, about the pass defense. Because all last week, Matthew, we talked about number 29. Xavier Rhodes, oh my gosh, they're going to pick on Xavier Rhodes. This is going to be a real problem. And I think our conversations were warranted. And then Andy Reid's like, 29, what are you talking about? 26 is right there, too. Uh, As far as the outside corners go, it concerns me. Listen, the 91-yard touchdown run was filled with mistakes, I'm sure. And I think most of them are eminently fixable. And one unbelievable block by Mitchell Schwartz. Okay, so I'm really not. And by by the way, there have been times before where Zimmer's defenses have been susceptible to that type of run, okay? But they often come back and they're they're fine. Uh, The defensive one that really stops me is what are we to make of the outside corners and the pass defense right now? I want you to guess by Pro Football Focus's grades... Where Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne's rank in the NFL out of hang on, out of something? 79. Yeah, because you told me a couple weeks ago. Give me, give me a guess. Where they rank okay. out of 79 corners who play at least half the snaps. Oh, boy. Do a little math this there. This is a fun game. Okay. Down. Uh, Rhodes, I'm going to say, ranks 65th. And Wayne's, I'm going to say, ranks... 54th. You are in the ballpark. Trey Waynes, as we uh, here are today, 
is 62nd out of 79. Okay. And Xavier Rhodes is 70th out of 79. Ooh. They are two of the NFL's worst corners. Excuse me while I back away from the microphone. This year. <laughs> and I'll give you, if that doesn't really make it hit home with you, okay. when opposing quarterbacks have thrown at Trey Waynes, they are averaging 11.5 yards per throw, which would put you in the Hall of Fame, and a 109 quarterback rating, which would be, you know, really good. Yeah. Now, when they throw against Xavier Rhodes, they are completing 84.4% of passes with a 121.5 rating, which would be basically Aaron Rodgers in his best season. Okay. Not great, Judd. And here's the thing. I don't know how to fix it because the domino effect that we talked about yesterday after the game when I was on the phone in Arrowhead, that if you didn't hear it, you can check out on our Purple Podcast feed or at scorenorth.com. Um, the domino effect of having Xavier Rhodes not be as good as he used to be is that all of a sudden you can't help Trey Waynes as much as you want to. And another part of this, and it's making the decision easy on whether to re-sign Trey Waynes, is that eventually, if you're around long enough, opposing teams will figure you out. And what opposing teams seem to have figured out about Trey Waynes is that if he's right on somebody and you throw it up in that area, your guy's probably coming down with it. He has never been very good at playing the ball, but now it seems like teams have ramped that up to 11. Right. Like, oh, we're going to go after this guy right. as part of their pregame scout. And I can't help but wonder, with Holton Hill back and Mike Hughes in the mix, if we see both of these guys start the whole rest of the way or not, Mike Zimmer is a very loyal person. These are his starters. But they are hurting the Vikings right now, and they rank... 19th in opposing quarterback against as a defense, which is only slightly better than the Detroit Lions. So to backtrack, what what is so the the Tyreek Hill 40 yard touchdown catch a year ago? If I'm to follow what you're saying logically, a year ago Harrison Smith easily helps Trey Waynes because they're not concerned about Rhodes. Is that correct? But because there is concern about Rhodes now, he he still tried to help, but he was clearly too late. I mean, sort of uh, that s- fundamentally speaking, yes. Like okay. I don't know about that specific. Play, no, but I'm saying that's the yes. type of that's the type of play that yes. got broken up a year ago, yes. and you're like, oh, nice play, Trey Waynes. Harrison Smith helped out. That that's what Harrison Smith does, and therefore, what became a 40 yard touchdown, which was an incredible play, an incredible catch falls as an incomplete pass, and we just assume that Trey Waynes has done his job. That's, that's the type of play I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, And so that's hmm. part number one. Um, part number two is that when you don't have interior pressure, the same type as you have in the past with Tom Johnson or Sheldon Richardson, that that gives opposing quarterbacks an opportunity to step up in the pocket. And I think they've had that this year, whereas in the past they haven't. And there has been no real answer to that B-Rob type position on third down. Remember when they used to have B-Rob oh, yeah. line up standing up? Yeah. And Zimmer has done it pretty effectively with blitzes a lot of times on third downs, and that's Harrison Smith's big sack. But at the same time, if you are got to rush four because of the situation, maybe they're spreading you out or something, then they just haven't gotten home up the middle, and that leaves opposing quarterbacks to be able to step up and complete passes. And that's a lot of what we've seen. And these issues, in my mind, Judd, and this is why I do not think it's an overreaction. These issues are just not solvable. I, I don't know how to solve them. Mike Zimmer can do whatever he, magic and voodoo he can to mix things up. But 
it personnel is the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing that determines how good you are is how good your players are. Mm-hmm. We've seen plenty of coaches, how about Matt Nagy, for example, look pretty smart when his defensive players are amazing, right? right? And, uh, when, you know, when Khalil Mack is sacking people and Eddie Jackson's picking off passes, he's like, yep, I'm a great head coach. And uh, with Zimmer, I believe he's one of the best at scheming, but I don't think you can overcome two corners who are playing this poorly to be able to count on your defense. Like yesterday, I saw some people freaking out about the defense, and they gave up 26 points. But this is what you have, I think. This is what you have as a defense is you will give up 26 points. And sometimes you have to overcome that as an offense to win. That is not what we've talked about in the Zimmer era ever. It's been, can you just do enough on offense to get 16 points and win 16 to 6? Like, Can you do that? And I think there's right. been a change here. Yeah. Now, here's my question, too, though, is is now the time, and we have certainly done this previously, but now more so than ever, is this the time that we do look back uh, to the summer and look at at salary cap decisions, which, by the way, I'm sure were very tough, and say that because of how they they who they brought back and how they spent that cash, that they essentially ignored areas that if they had paid attention to personnel-wise, could have made a difference right now. And, and now the one thing I will say in their defense is I don't think anyone w- would have expected that Rhodes had to be cut. I didn't. I thought he was declining. But traded. I didn't, yes, but, well, and here's the second question, too. If 2019, Matthew, remains an all-in year, so, you know, you've got Cousins in, in year two, a coach and GM who, if things go sideways still, could be in trouble, is the is the lack of going after a cornerback, i.e. Jalen Ramsey, a guy like that, who, by the way, in this defense would make a world of difference right now. Like, it would completely change things. 100% it would. Is that a negligence uh, considering where you think you're at, where you're supposed to be at, and what we might find out in a few more games is the reality is you were nowhere close to that. Well, let, let me go point by point because you're talking about the you know, the spending yeah. in, in the offseason. And you would, could say, well, they didn't have any cap space. But they took that cap space and they gave it to Anthony Barr. And I'll give you a number on him in just a minute. Okay. And they were unable to spend on a, a three-technique defensive tackle like Sheldon Richardson. Shamar Stefan they brought back and talked about how much they like him, and that's great, but he ranks 60th out of 70 defensive tackles. Not great. Right. And and so when you spend all your money on maybe a position that you shouldn't have or a player that you shouldn't have, I think that's worth, that's worth questioning to say, well, you could have come up with uh, some more cap space or maybe you should have allocated it differently. And right now, just going off pro football focus grades, Anthony Barr is 28th out of 57, which is okay. It's not a disaster. He's got a couple of sacks, quarterback pressures. He is pressuring the quarterback at a very good rate when he rushes, as per always. He's the same linebacker he's always been. And that's in the middle of the league with a a really nice skill set, but he's not ever at the top of the league since 2015, and they gave him the type of cash that you give to someone who is at the top of the league. Mm -hmm. With Xavier Rhodes, if there was an opportunity this offseason to trade Xavier Rhodes for a fifth-round pick, 
if you were really looking forward, and this is where Mike Zimmer's loyalty can sometimes get in the way, I think. If you're really looking forward and you're saying, what are my odds? Roll my dice here. What are these weighted? What are the percentages? If you were one of those cold, callous baseball teams that's like, we only judge things by Belichick. this percentage, that percentage. Right. Belichick would have gotten rid of you. What was the percentage chance, after seeing him in minicamp, say, that he would be great again? What was the percentage chance that he would be much worse than last year or or the same? Right. And the percentage chance is 80% that he wasn't going to get better Later in his career, it gets late early when you're a big corner, when you're 29, all of a sudden it's late in your career. Darrell Revis, by this age, was no longer the elite shutdown island corner that he was early in his career. Mm-hmm. Like Even that's the guy who was the best because you're bigger and it's tougher. Mm-hmm. Someone like Daryl Green, like a smaller guy, or Terrence Newman, that's a little easier, I think, to have a longer career. Um, but that was a bad bet to not dump that off on someone. Trey Waynes, there were offers for Trey Waynes this offseason. Courtney Cronin reported that. And Waynes has been an average corner at best for most of his career. They didn't take any of those offers. They re-signed Kyle Rudolph, who did what he's supposed to do yesterday, caught a touchdown pass and a good drive, right. but largely has not lived up to what he's being paid to stay around. And those are the decisions that throughout the offseason we had a lot of fun talking about, and it's fascinating. And a lot of them I said, yeah, you have to bring back Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, Barr is really important to this defense. But the results have been, well, maybe the allocation of those few resources that you had didn't go in the right directions. And so that's kind of the overarching, if we're going to ask, what would you question about how they approach things? Could they have done this? Could they have done that? Could we talked about Barr, issue? though. Yeah, we did. In a fairness lot. to us, a we lot. talked about that. Because that seemed to, to be, he was gone. And I really think that they're, they're ordinarily with some teams would have probably been a discussion of, okay, he's just gone. And then when he called up, you say, Anthony, I'm sorry, you're gone. But you know what? Let's play a quick game here called If, if Mike Were Bill. All right? If Mike Were Bill. When Mike sat down with Cronin and I think somebody else at the league meetings in March, and if you recall all those quotes about, and, and people thought that, that he was slamming Rhodes, but he talked about how Rhodes hadn't played great in 2018 and I'm going to fix him, which to me was very much Mike saying, this is my guy, I can fix him, I can do it. If Mike were Bill, Bill would have talked him up, said, yeah, yeah, I still think he's got a lot left, he's fine, and tried to trade him. It is the history of Bill Belichick and Bill Walsh to some extent. I remember um, Randy Cross told a story about Bill Walsh where Walsh walked up to him sort of later in his career and said, uh, you're not going to be here in a couple of years. <laughs> and he was like, what? What did you say to me? I'm, I'm one of your great players. Like, I, we won Super Bowls. And Walsh was like, no, man, sorry. Like, that's just not going to happen because you're getting older. Yeah. And he did it with Ronnie Lott, with Roger Craig. Yeah. With I mean, they tore that team apart, and all those guys went to other places and finished out their careers, and some were good and some weren't. Um, but that theory of using the best years and then moving along seems to be something that the Vikings – haven't really like embraced as the Patriots have. And I, I think it comes from, in part, the head coach makes a lot of the personnel decisions. I think that's very clear. That when he drafted a guy with the, what was it, ninth pick for Anthony Barr, or whichever it was. Eight or nine. Uh, yeah. And it's a top draft pick, and it's his first draft, and Barr is really good. I mean, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. He's really good. But when you're comparing, in a, in a very tight circumstances, the dollars to the impact, 
like, okay, is this going to give me bang for my buck or could Eric Wilson do this? Eric Wilson could do this probably or some version of it. Right. And it's not going to hurt your defense very much. But what is hurting your defense is that you have two corners that you could have. Wayne's fall off is a little less foreseeable, but you should foresee the effect of how one will impact the other. If you are able to replace on one side, you're probably talking about having a better pass defense at this point. But this thing of we're going to ride with Rhodes, we're going to ride or die with him. Well, it's been on the die side too many times right. this year. This is true. And it started what? Last last year against the, the Rams, you said? That's the problem is this was this has been coming too. If this had just started, I don't know, let's take a pick of, of a game. If this had started four weeks into this year, I'd say, oh man, this is difficult to watch and it's tough. But you did see it, it coming. And so, but I just, I don't recall a time since Mike essentially got the personnel in place that Mike wanted, which would have been circa 2015 or 16. And I don't recall a time that I've thought this past defense is really not that good. Mm-hmm. Like they yep. are really struggling. And by the numbers, they're 19th in passer rating against, which certainly does not point to a super effective pass no. defense. And they were able to get after Matt Moore a number of times, but they didn't get great interior pressure. And he was able to step up a number of times as well and make throws and get the ball downfield when he needed to get the ball downfield. I mean, these are things that we expected not to happen with this defense, but even with Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter playing great, which mm-hmm. Hunter, no surprise against Mitchell Schwartz, had his worst game of the year. Um, but uh, I just love watching Mitchell Schwartz. He's an incredibly good right tackle. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, those guys have been unbelievable this year. And Eric Kendricks is rated number one in the entire NFL by Pro Football Focus. He's been marvelous. He's been phenomenal. Harrison yes. Smith made plays yesterday. He's been great. Anthony Harris had the worst play of his career uh, yesterday, but that's, you know, one-on-one in that much space with a running back and happens. But overall, he's been good. Mm-hmm. It's just that in the NFL, and Pro Football Focus studied this in the offseason, the corners and their impact on how good your defense is as a whole have the highest impact, even more than the edge rushers. The edge rushers are sort of like a feature, but shouldn't be the entire thing you build around. And the Chiefs defense last year is a great evidence of that. They had one of the top pass rushers in the NFL in D. Ford, and they said, you know what, we've got to get better in the secondary and get Tyron Matthew, who played really well yesterday. We've Because they had a horrible pass defense, even though they had a great pass rusher. Right. Usually, opposing teams can overcome just a good pass rush if you're not covering people, and the Vikings have not been covering people. And I don't know when that changes. And that's what I want to talk about with you when we come back, mm-hmm. Judd, is... The schedule going forward, and how does it look now? And of course, <laughs> of course, today. I am going to make Courtney pick the schedule again because it's great. Because one week it's nine and seven, the next week it's eleven and five. I'm tell you why I'm very fun. concerned too. But no, no, do not. Not right now, no, it's no. Time but I'm, for gonna, break. So I'm gonna tell you. Don't do it when we come back. Why the tease. I'm, why oh, there I'm going go. incredibly? Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do it right now. Okay. Oh no, you got you got to wait till we pay some bills. <laughs> okay. All right. You're just. But you're Judd, so if you say, I'm going to tell you why I'm concerned, it's like, well, that's not really a tease. That's just Judd. No, but there's something that really does. It's not It's not going to keep me up tonight, but it kept me up part of last night. Okay. All right. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the schedule and how we view it now for the Vikings as we go forward here. They're 6-3 and three after a loss to Kansas City yesterday. We'll be right back here on Purple Daily. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.